Today on Media Download, from Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm your host, Meryl Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. The new worlds of smart technology and the Internet of Things are creating game-changing opportunities like smartwatches and Fitbit, which offer us new ways to monitor and prove self-health. Anyone of any age can have a so-called personal health assistant that tracks and uses vital information to promote a healthier lifestyle. But there are risks, many think, of storing all of this personal data. Exercise scientist Evan Matthews joins us today to clear the air about the health benefits and potential advantages and disadvantages to personal health trackers. Evan is an assistant professor in the Department of Exercise Science and Physical Education at Montclair State who has had firsthand experience in research and clinical studies. He is a cardiovascular physiologist who has helped launch new publications in his field and is an expert in many facets of what we'll discuss today. Evan, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so tell us, how do you assess the state of the so-called trackers, and how should people assess their value in their daily healthy lives? So you're talking from a, a global sort of epidemiological perspective? Yes. Uh, so I think that they are they're a great tool, and I think there's something that are going to continue to improve, and it's going to get to a point where um, – it's used widely, not just by people who are exercising and sort of interested in their own facts, but also um, potentially by personal trainers or maybe even health professionals. So I, I think it's something that is going to have an impact. I think that we're still in the early phases of it, and I think there's a lot of room for additional analysis that can be built into these devices. So I think there's a lot more that can be done. And what are your expectations in the short term about how widely they'll be distributed, how important they'll be to people, and their current capabilities. So um, a lot of people already have them. Um, I think um, even you know more people in the future will have them. It, it's something that, uh, again, I think it's sort of a pop culture thing right now. I don't know if people are using them to their fullest advantage or if they really understand the information that they're getting from Is them. Is the data sketchy on this from a kind of an academic uh, point of view? Uh, so uh, some of the data, um, uh, from my understanding, some of the data does have some error to it. That, you know, uh, For instance, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were telling me about how uh, when they wear their Fitbit on their wrist and they go driving home or whatever it is they're driving to, um, and it tracks them as though they were running or something because they're constantly moving their wrists um, while steering the car. So there are reasons why they're not perfect. Um, unfortunately, there's really no perfect solution, though. Um, everything has its error to it. Uh, everything in the research world certainly has error to it. So this is not something that's surprising. It's something that can be overcome. Um, but you just sort of have to take that little bit of error with the, the good signals and uh, just expect that. And hopefully, it, it, hopefully the good signals are uh, quality enough where the error isn't a big deal. And how? what's the penetration of these devices at this point? How many have been sold? 
Uh, so I don't have a number on that, um, but it's not hard to see if you, you know, go walk around, especially in an area where there's a lot of young folks, like a university setting like where we have here, where, um, you know, every third, fourth person you see has a little band on their wrist, and that's, you know, some sort of fitness tracker. So uh, I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure it's quite high, and I think it's probably much higher among uh, higher socioeconomic status uh, groups. Um, but regardless, it is, it's high, and I think it's just going to keep growing. You raise an interesting question about the uh, socioeconomic uh, situation here, and that is that the rich can afford them and the not-so-rich struggle to afford them. That creates disparities, doesn't it? It could. It very well could. Um, it, I think at this point I wouldn't be so worried about it um, simply because the value of them isn't so high that I think we need to be getting them out to people. I think it's something that largely at this point, I think it's almost like a toy, to be quite honest. It's something that um, if you know what you're doing, you can get a lot of really good use out of it. If you don't know what you're doing, which I think is the vast majority of people wearing these devices, then I don't know how helpful they are. It's probably more just an interesting fact about yourself that you learn. Well, let's expand on that. For those who know what they're doing, what's the benefit? So I, I think personally, um, I, no, I'll, a little disclaimer, I don't use one. Um, so it's not something that I can speak so much from experience, but I've looked into it more recently and it's actually something I'm considering. So um, I, I think for somebody who knows what they're doing, uh, the constant heart rate tracking is great, um, uh, mostly because it gives you some indication of how hard you're working when you're exercising or even throughout your daily life. If you're doing you know, all low intensity activity, you know, sitting around, uh, the kind of things that most people do at work, or if you're doing a lot of things that are maybe a higher, uh, higher intensity, you know, you're walking to and from your, your job. If you have an extended walk um, to or from work or up steps while you're at work, those sorts of things, it, you can learn more about your own physical activity patterns and then maybe adjust those patterns if you don't think they are where they should be. But again, you have to be able to interpret this data and know something about it. Uh, so the heart rate data is great for that, and also the accelerometer data that they have in there. So um, this is a, a device that essentially can tell you um, how often you're moving and how quickly you're moving when you move. Um, so both those combined can tell you a lot about your daily life and, uh, again, whether or not you are highly active, more moderately active, or what most people would find uh, that they're low active. So I do see some value in it, but just having some numbers spit at it, uh, spit out at you at the end, um, I don't think most people really know what they mean. What are the risks of all this data floating around us all the time, available for people to market, uh, available for people to, in theory, abuse? Are there any instances of abuse of this data that have come up from third-party uh, vendors and so forth? How's the data thing sh shaking out? So. Um, I'm not aware of a, spe a specific incidence where there's been abuse. I'm sure that somebody has tried at the very least. And, you know, if you, if you have this large wealth of data, there's always somebody trying to take advantage of that. So I'm sure it's out there. Um, I'm not so worried about somebody knowing my heart rate or knowing how many steps I get per day or how quickly I move about my day. I don't think that's something that is... Uh, that should be too much of a concern for most people. Maybe certain situations it is, but for most people, I don't think that's a concern. What might be a concern is a lot of these have GPS trackers, so similar to our cell phones. Um, and with the right 
access, you can then go and find out where somebody's been. And so I think that's, if I had to say my biggest concern, that would be it. Um, but is it a concern that we need to be so, uh, that we need to stop using these fitness trackers because of that? Probably not, because let's face it, most of us, our lives aren't that interesting, and you can't find something out about most of us that is going to make us not uh, use these inf- uh, this, these devices. And to be quite honest, I think your cell phone has a, a lot more sensitive data on it, including GPS tracking. If you go online, you can see where you've been any day since you've had your cell phone. Basically. And where you bank and everything yep. else. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anybody who shouldn't get one of these devices if the economics are favorable? Don't we all benefit from trying to encourage ourselves to walk more? So, uh, so people who should not get the device, I, I don't know if I would say anybody should not get the device. However, people should be cautious in how they use the device. Um, so beyond the idea of somebody maybe taking your information, um, the fact, again, getting back to the idea that a lot of people don't really understand this information that's coming out, even if you know the, the particular fitness tracker that they use packages it in some sort of somewhat user-friendly way, it's not something that um, I think most people really understand the data. And that's where I really uh, see the issue because a lot of these trackers in the, again, the packaging, the, how they give you your information, they give it to you in a way where more is better, um, which, uh, you know, that's sort of the American way. More is always better. But in reality, we all know that that's not the case. And it's true also with exercise. More is not always better. Now, is more better for most people? Yeah, probably. But there are going to be some people out there who um, might take it to the next level. And uh, this is something that happens all the time. Uh, if you think about people with eating disorders, you think about people who um, exercise uh, sort uh, to an excessive manner to the point where they get injuries or maybe even have other negative health outcomes, uh, illnesses and things like that. So people that are that motivated and to have one more thing that constantly tells them where they're at at all times with their activity status, it might be something of a concern for those folks. Now, identifying those people um, is a much harder thing to do. I mentioned uh, a moment ago the Internet of Things and how uh, these wrist devices will fit into the larger picture of the Internet of Things, and you said a moment ago yourself that uh, there are many, many uh, more positive benefits that can come from this technology as it's further developed. Put on the uh, your your magic hat and look into the crystal ball, and what do you see? So, um, getting to the idea of the Internet of Things, everything connecting to the Internet and everything being interconnected. Uh, so, right now, most of these fitness trackers, you have to pair them with a cell phone or something like that to receive the data, or you have to manually plug them in. So if there were the capability for these to connect to Wi-Fi, um, it would be much easier to use. Um, it would be much easier to take the data, so it gets back to the idea of data security a little bit. But um, I think the user-friendliness of them would be higher if we could do it in a secure way, and there would be the potential for um, to ship off that sort of the, ship off that data to uh, maybe a centralized location where. Uh, greater, um, well, where more um, sophisticated algorithms can be run, and things can be pulled out of the data that might not be capable on maybe your personal computer or your cell phone or something like that, where the processing capacity is not as high as maybe like Google servers might have. So 
for instance, um, something that I've more recently become interested in is the idea of heart rate variability. So there's uh, how much your heart rate fluctuates from moment to moment is something that can tell you quite a bit about your, your physiology, about how the internal mechanisms of your body are working. And um, a device like this could very easily give us that information. And I think right now, this oh that idea as well as several others, they're just really not tapping into yet. And it's just because this is such a new idea. So, uh, but more con- even more concretely, if you were pick up moment in time 10 years from now, will these devices be ubiquitous and will they really be helpful in ways they're not today in tracking down diseases and being proactive parts of our lives? So there are devices out there now that, or there, I should say there are people out there right now developing devices uh, similar to this that can be used for you know, medical purposes. Uh, you know, things that can track your body temperature, that maybe can look at your uh, look at your heart rate, but do it in a more sophisticated way, more like what we would do with an ECG, which is something that is a uh, a medical test. You know, it's something that's used to look for heart abnormalities in the heart well, abnormalities in the heart function. So there is the capacity for these to be developed in that way where they really could be used as uh, sort of like a continuous uh, screening of your medical uh, state or your health state. So I, I do see um, maybe not 10 years down the road, but a little further out, 15, 20 years maybe, it could be used as uh, for those purposes. Now, would the average consumer need them for that purpose? Probably not, but they could certainly be used by hospitals. They could be, uh, you know, uh, you could come to your doctor. The doctor could maybe have some ideas and wanting to uh, know a little bit more about you to uh, maybe diagnose some of the symptoms you're having or some of the issues you're you're dealing with. And a device like this that is maybe specifically designed to answer those kind of questions, for instance, the, the continuous real-time tracking of your heart rate and looking at the ECG signal, which is how some of these devices work already, um, it's something that could be used medically. So to wrap up briefly, bottom line, people are listening to us have this discussion. They may not be sold on the technology yet. Everybody should get one if they can afford it, don't you think? Um, I guess uh, as a scientist, I'm trained to be somewhat spe- uh, pessimistic. Um, so I don't know if I would say everybody should get one. I think um, if it's something that is going to improve your fitness, uh, increase your activity for, uh, again, those who should, which is most of us, then uh, if you can afford it, sure, get one. Um, but to be quite honest, there are low-tech ways of doing this. You know, pedometers have been around for uh, decades now. And there are lots of ways to do this where you don't need to spend that uh, that uh, amount of money. You, you can get a pedometer for a few dollars now. Um, so is it something everybody should get? I, I would say no. Is it something that um, fitness enthusiasts should get who understand the data? Uh, I, I think yes. Um, is it something that uh, people who maybe not uh, who don't understand the data but are maybe working with a personal trainer or somebody in the medical profession that will understand that data, um, then again, I say yes. So I, I think most people can get some benefit out of it. Long-term benefit, maybe not, but most people can get at least some short-term benefit, some motivation to do a little more with their lives. And so I, I do think it's something that's going to have a positive impact. Well, I'm, I'm motivated, Professor Matthews, to get mine back on tonight. So thank you for warming me up for my evening walk. 
Um, thanks for joining us. Great to have you. And great to have you on campus and hope we'll encounter you more in these programs and other forums. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, if you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.